Why is recorded in front of a live studio audience. So I asked you here, um, my mom loves murder, loves it. One of those okay. people who can't fall asleep without hearing the, the law and order ah, sound effect. Okay. And I got a phone call last week uh, telling me about this show she's into, and uh, I had not heard of it. And I went and did a little research. It's an older show from two years ago. Okay. But she started telling me the cast list and the plot, and I thought she was making this up. Okay. So I want to play a little game called What Murder Show Is My Mom Watching Now? Okay. I have uh, four scenarios. Only one of them is real. The rest of them I have made up. Okay. So see if you can tell me which one is the uh, right one. And if it is super obvious, then I'm just cutting this from the show and we'll never speak. <laughs> okay. So uh, episode or show one. And by the way, we should really get a, a copyright on this, like get WME involved. We could develop this stuff. Uh, Mimi Rogers is an uptight psychic on patrol in Los Angeles. Okay. Could see that, right? Yeah, totally. Tom Arnold is an uptight, uptight ex-con on patrol in Miami. Okay. Josh Groban is an ex-tight, as a uptight detective on patrol in New York. Okay. Or Jeff Goldblum as an uptight bookseller on patrol in Chicago. Josh Groban. Do you know the show? No. It is Josh Groban. I I know of Josh Groban doing of his work. Things, yes, um, but I do not know the name of the show. Okay, well, I feel better now because I had not heard of this either. So uh, his, I guess we can say co-star in this. Yes, um, is. Mr. Tony Danza. Wow. I didn't know that part. Yes. It's called The Good Cop. It lasted for one season on um on well, That's how we don't know the name of it. It's stupidest, lamest name ever. I just, I. Hasn't that been like 47 different shows by now? Like Who's the Boss was anything super original? Let's just. Wow. <laughs> Good point. I was, I. Tony Danza still working i mean god bless him yeah and, and yeah. i'll have a sale on him but i just i thought after the talk show we were out of the dan's business apparently not this is why with your hosts heidi hedquist and luke poling Still good. Vanilla shakes are still good. Oh, please. Vanilla shake all day. It's a vanilla shake connoisseur. No, there's nothing wrong with a good vanilla shake. Yeah. It's got to be like that quality see? where you get the where you good. can see the uh see the vanilla bean in it. Wait, I can't hear you now. Well, that's not my fault. Well, how did that happen? You tell me. Hold on. I'll just keep talking. Because that's what you need to hear even more of okay. is my voice. Just wait, my headphones stopped working. Oh Jesus! All right, I'm gonna try this one more time. Okay. I don't know. Well, I've got my AirPods too. Okay. Speak. Okay. Well, that sounds. How about now? Is that better? No. No. This is weird. One of my clients had this problem the other day, and we thought it was her because she's notoriously. Mm. And turns out it's you. It's me. The call is coming from inside the house. I'm going to leave and come back and see if that Okay, works. perfect.
Or should we go and up? Oh, never mind. What? No. no, leave, leave, and we'll go. Explain the without a cue concept, especially as it relates to these girls that are golden. Okay. Um, well, um, there, I'll give you a little bit of history. Uh, we found I founded the company 20 years ago, um, just murder mystery dinner theater. We traveled, we were hired by restaurants and banquet halls and private parties and things like that. And um, over time, we started doing like more pop culture kind of shows. We did a lot of parodies of television shows. And I, I can't even remember what our first one was anymore. But we've done Brady and Three's Company and uh, Charlie's Angels. Um, the first one I wrote was Deadly Dancing. It's a Dirty Dancing spoof um, and Law and Order, like all of that. And Golden Girls, we started doing... I think it was 12 years ago, the first one we produced. Because we have four right now. We'll have five come the summer, uh, different scripts, because we're the audience follows us, so we have to keep changing it up. Right. Um, and the first one we did, actually, the intent, we had no idea that it was going to turn into what it did. Um, it was supposed to be a holiday show, and we needed a holiday offering, so we kind of plugged that in. And then we discovered that there wasn't a whole lot of holiday in it. Um, so we just pulled out the few references to Christmas or whatever and rolled with it from there. And it it, it just took on a life of its own. Uh, there was one point we, we had it in one of our venues. We had to run it for eight months uh, before I told the venue we had to close it because the, the cast was tired. They needed a rest. They needed a break <laughs> and you know, switch out to something else. But we could have kept going for a full year, every Friday and Saturday night, selling 150 tickets on that one show, um, which is not how dinner theater works. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, be kinda, it's become kind of the mainstay of what we do, but it's not all that we do. So in the summer, we're going to bring Murder at the Mulan into Red Room um, and do a little not Golden Girls stuff for a little bit. <laughs> but your, the kind of, the root of all of this is, Golden Girls. Yes. Yeah. And then our Golden Girls just go on the road. If they're not in a space, they go on the road. So they go to they go to Atlantic City for the summer. That's amazing. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where, where <laughs> that's, that's gonna be our fifth show. And it's gonna it's called The Girls Do Atlantic City. So <laughs> that's perfect. And there's gonna be an Elvis. We're bringing our Elvis back for that, pairing it with the Golden Girls. Our Elvis is, Elvis shows are very popular. Um, and we're putting that together. So Wow. Is it a surprise that they're, I mean, obviously we know like the legacy of the girls is real and the adoration, but all of the things you mentioned are very beloved. Is it the show that makes this one so adored? Is it Golden Girls themselves? What is it about this particular that sets it above the rest? Uh, so apart it, it, from the rest, not above, apart. Apart from the rest. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely the Golden Girls and the following that it has. And uh, because all of those other shows that we've done, people really enjoy them. Cheers, our Cheers to Murder had the same kind of feeling, mm -hmm. um, but didn't have as broad of an audience. The Golden Girls audience ranges. It's so broad. It, it's not just older women. It is 
younger women and it, it doesn't, not just women, it, we fill that house with all sorts of different people. Um, and the audience is, I, I tell my cast all the time, and like the Golden Girls audience is a love and light audience. We can basically do no wrong. They are so excited and so happy to just be a part of this experience um, that every night is going to be a good time. It's rare that we have a night where we feel like the audience wasn't getting it. Um, and then when we go and do something else, a different theme, I'm like, okay, but now be prepared. Not the same kind of audience. <laughs> We're going to go back to our normal having to, to work to get those laughs. And um, so and we did a friend's murder mystery in the fall. We're actually doing it this weekend in Atlantic city. We've been, it's on the road now because we did it in Philadelphia. Then we put it on the road and that has a really good following too. And again, a much younger crowd than I would have thought. We have a lot of teenagers coming in. Yeah. Um, yeah their parents are bringing the teenagers for that <laughs> one, but it is definitely a different feeling. It, they're not as excited to get the selfies with the characters because we have a scavenger hunt that they do during the show and they take a selfie with each character and they get a clue for each selfie that they take. And they're not as enthused about that as they are with the Golden Girls. And they chase them around the room. <laughs> those pictures. That's awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. So can you explain a little bit the dinner theater concept? Because right there you were sort of saying... Uh, I was going to say, like, is it it's is it interactive? Is it not? But if you're chasing down Blanche, there's well, I guess she'd probably yes. be chasing down you. But... I don't know. Right. <laughs> oh, <totally. Yeah. laughs> both ways. <laughs> so how does that work? It is interactive. We work right within the audience. Um, most of the time we don't have a stage. So some places there will be a stage, but we don't use it because we're accustomed to working right within them. We don't even need that much space because we're moving in between the tables we get the audience involved. We get them in you know, call and repeat that we do. We can get them up to dance depending on the show, if there's something like that in there. And then of course, for some of the shows, there's a scavenger hunt element where they're trying to find things. Either it's a picture with a character or it's a certain clue from the script. Um, and they always, you know, get their mug shot with their whole mug shot wall and the picture, you know, the, the sign. So we try to make it as interactive as possible to really involve them in, a number of different levels. Uh, at Red Room, they can also purchase clues. There are extra clues they can purchase. So they, ha they have something physical to examine during the show. And eventually, uh, depending on the theme, we're going to have clues hidden throughout the room and, you know, painted on in blacklight paint so that they can take a little blacklight and find things. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and we're really trying to incorporate a lot more activity for the audience that doesn't necessarily involve them having to read from a script or get up or, you know, do anything like that. So there are all different levels of how they can interact yeah. as well. And are one of the girls, the murderer, depending, I mean, obviously you said yes. you've got four or five scripts. Yeah. Uh, depending on the show. <laughs> so Rose has been a murderer in some of these mm -hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rose could definitely kill. You think? Mm. I don't know. She was Dorothy, like Dorothy's the Olaf, red herring. Could kill. Yeah, I don't know. I just all the other ones I get. Rose seems yeah. like she'd get caught up in wacky hijinks, but well, that's part of it. When mm, she when yeah. she's the murderer, there's there's wacky hijinks happening. <laughs> <laughs> This makes sense. I feel like this conversation we need to switch though, because I feel like if someone listens, now they're going to be clued in. Oh, I know. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much. Well, <laughs> right. but they they don't know which 
which of the there's five of them i mean who knows yeah, they, don't, they don't know which one they're getting so yeah that's very true were you a fan of the show originally how much research did you have to do to write the script um uh so i never really watched it uh growing up I, more know, of like an emptiness fan, sure yeah and <laughs> um, and so i started watching it I watched, you know, episodes as I was directing the very first one we did because I needed to get their voices down. And then I didn't watch it again for years. And then when I wrote the first one I wrote, I watched a few episodes that I could hear their voices again and get the pattern of their speech and everything and to put that in there. But I I don't watch it that frequently. It's hilarious when I do, when I actually, (laughs) you know, find it and put it on. It's a fantastic show. And that's, I think, the other thing about it is that it, it it aged well. It did. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's still so fantastic. So, and um, I mean, the the sad thing is, is you watch. I mean, it was amazing. They put all these issues out there in a humorous yep. way. Yep. But you watch it, and you're like, we're still dealing with the same crap, right? All these years later, like yeah. we learned nothing from these women, and we should have. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. And I think that's part of the reason that that audience is just so positive because yeah. you know, they're, they're still connecting with it on a level that is legitimate and current. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Did you always want to go into dinner theater? Did you grow up doing dinner <laughs> well, theater? I was, I was 21 when I started. So I don't know that I can say I always, because who knows what I wanted back then. Right, <laughs> um, yeah. The first job I, job I got, I was 20, 21 years old. And um I took the job because it was paid and it was the nineties and $25 a show was a whole lot of money (laughs) to me back then. I'm like, I got to make $25 doing something I really love doing. And I kind of thought along the lines of, oh, I'll do this for a little bit. And, you know, when I graduate college, then I'll go off and, you know, do whatever big acting thing I'm going to do. And I just, I have so much fun with it. And our actors that stay with us and have been with us a long time, we have some that have been with us the full 20 years um, and most of them are 10 to five, five to 10 years. And it's cause the form of theater is so different and there's so much freedom and the freedom to just be funny, yeah. which I found is what I really enjoyed. I loved making people laugh and doing it off of a stage when it's such an intimate setting, when you're literally talking to someone mm-hmm. and the whole room is laughing because of the exchange you're having with them is such a different feeling. And it, it was a blast. Um, the audiences are fantastic. They're a lot of fun most of the time. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, what I did know I always wanted to do was start my own business. I, I thought, you know, I wanted to have a store or something like that. But I, I knew I wanted to own my own business. And this is what it ended up being. I, it's interesting you're saying like the way this show works well with an audience. Like I can't see, you know, Death of a Salesman or Streetcar playing well in this how do you write for something like this? And it seems like, well, how do you write for something like this? 
I, I can't even tell you how I write. Like, <laughs> and, and that's a, so, okay. So I start with an outline because I have to know who did it, who dies, who did it, how, and why. And then I have to figure out some red herrings to throw in there. And so then I write an outline and say, okay, this is who has to talk to who, when, so that the clues can get out there. What are the clues going to be? And I write all that down. And then I have my outline and I start writing and the characters start talking. Like at that point, I'm not quite sure what the process is because they are, they start doing their own talking. Mm -hmm. And the ones that I have the toughest with are the ones where I can't get them to talk. They don't, they don't want to speak. I can't hear their voices. I can't get into their voices. Um, But I mean, I can write a script in five days because once it clicks, it just comes out. And I mean, they're only an hour, an hour and a half long. So talking 30, 40 pages comes out fast. and there have been times when the murder has changed halfway through uh, the American Idol one. I, I had every intention of killing Simon. And then I got to that oh, point. Yeah. I was like, no, wait, I'm going to kill the contestant. As soon as she's done finishing her song, she's going to drop dead right then. So I had to go back and change all the clues because <laughs> <laughs> it was almost the end of the show. And and that'll happen sometimes where the show, direct, you know, changes itself as I'm writing it. Um, but. Yeah, I used to say it's a formula, but it's not. It it just kind of takes on a life of its own. And so much of it is the characters. It's all about the forming of the characters. And that's the most important part because you need to give the actors something to play with. They have to have a very strong notion of who their character is and what their thing, you know, because not only are they doing the show, but they also have to go and talk to the audience in character. There's at least half an hour of that over the night where they have to maintain the character. So it's not even, yes, they need to be good actors, but they also need to be good improvisers. That's a huge, I mean, half hour of. Yeah. I'm super comfortable with it and really enjoy it because if you don't really enjoy it, it is the most painful part of the evening. I could very much (laughs) see that. Yeah. I think it's the best part of the evening. But it's fun. And once you really get into the flow of it, it, it's a blast to do. Mm -hmm. Monheide, you're a veteran of this world. Hmm? We should acknowledge. Heidi is a veteran of this world. We should acknowledge. (laughs) So, yeah. She knows of what she speaks. (laughs) I do have a storied dinner theater career in Michigan, yes. Oh, okay. Are you um, Philadelphia area too, or? No, I'm in Detroit. Oh, okay. So So I wouldn't know any. So she was part of the Titanic sinking. uh, I was. Twice on Sundays, yeah. We had oh a Titanic, wow! <laughs> a, a last night on the Titanic, which I don't know how they pulled it off and made it funny, but they did, and we played at the Grand Hotel every year um, for many, many years to sold out houses, and then did a lot of murder mysteries and some other yeah. dinner theater too. That was more, you know, like um, did female odd couple and things like that as yeah. well. But still, our director for those was very much improv all the way but the murder mystery isn't the stuff you're talking about like that part of the evening you're talking about where you just go in character and just interact with people and see what comes out of their mouths and go with it is to me yeah. was the most fun I loved it yeah um and there are there are times that I'm playing a character that I just can't feel and I struggle with it and um but when when I'm having fun with it it's so much fun yeah and we do, we're going to be doing a Titanic one too. We do have one that we do already, but I'm planning an event at Red Room. It is going to be the night, uh, on the night before the Titanic sank. Um, it's the murder mystery and I'm working with a caterer to do the full first class meal. 
Nice. Oh, so great. we did that. We just a, we did the full meal for the last night, all 12 courses, mm-hmm. the first couple of years. You might do try it, but you might decide you want to change that. Yeah, uh, we're going to keep it very small. Yeah, very intimate because like, yeah, that's it is. I did look at the and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we work the show into this. Yeah, and it's and people are like, these people just don't eat the same things anymore. Like even yeah. the oxtail soup, which is early on. So the caterer like, switched it up to. Oh, that's good. Um, make it more current so it wasn't. Perfect. Yeah. That's what we ended up doing. Like year three, we were like, so we're it gonna looks like it, but it isn't actually. Yes, the mu- very wise move. Very wise. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes authenticity is, and the, this was like a, the, a whole weekend, and historians were there, and this whole bit. So, the, like, I get the thoughts of why they wanted to be like super authentic, but they learned fast. Even if you're really, really into it, yeah, what you're doing is a much better option. Yeah, we we just tweaked it. <laughs> right, just a little. So get the feel, but yeah, right. That's awesome. Well, it well, it was gangbusters. So I'm sure it will be a huge success. Like when I tell people, they're always like, "Oh, really?" And it's like just experience it, and then once they experienced it, it was just they loved it. Whether they knew a lot about the Titanic or not, loved it. So it'll yeah. it'll be good. Yeah, and uh, the Titanic show we have is. Um, it's actually, it's whole story is interesting because it's a very robust mystery. There are a lot of clues, a lot of stuff to look through, like ages of diary, uh, pages and, um, but it, we first produced it as a custom event for the union league in Philadelphia. And it was, it had to happen through a number of rooms and usually we're all in one space. So I had to create Mm -hmm. something that could travel from room to room. So we did that first. And then when COVID shut us down and we started doing virtual performances, we took that and we turned it into a virtual show where the 10 people who joined, they all have characters and they get a web page and they get all this information about their character and all of these clues. That's when all the clues really went into it. Um, and then when we came out of that, we just turned it into a two actor show and then a three actor show and then a four actor show. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it just keeps growing. That's awesome. It's so, so yeah, I really like to recycle our material. <laughs> well, it's so Perfect. interesting because you see like the big thing uh, in theater are, are things like sleep no more. And this sort of you take mm-hmm. over a building and turn it into this whole experiential thing where there isn't a traditional seat and all of that. And you guys have been doing this, you know, this kind of t- theater has been done longer than any of the sort of new modern stuff. Were you a big mystery fan before getting into this world or did you sort of fall into this and go, oh, I can do something here? I didn't realize I was until <laughs> um, I realized that my entire life became about murder mystery. Like I'm writing it, I'm performing it, and then I'm reading a book that's a murder mystery. And, and I realized that pretty much everything I read is murder mysteries and all the shows I watch. And <laughs> then it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I guess that is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't realize it. I'm sorry. How long does it was how long does it take you to get to that point where you're ready to write the script? Because you said like you have implanting the clues and all of that. Every time, you know, they're sort of known for the ingenious ways of killing people. Do you just keep a running list on like your phone of like, oh, this would be an interesting way to go? Or is this sort of spur of the moment like I was actually thinking the other day that I have to switch up how I'm killing people because it's mm. gotten pretty rude. I, I'm yeah. a big fan of poison because mm. there are so many different ways you can do that. 
Um, but it's like, oh, the next one has to not be poison. Um, so I've got to figure something else out. Uh, that's, that's fun and different. Um, cause we are trying to get away from the gun murders because, you know, yeah. fire. um, not as fun. Yeah. It's yeah. Not- yeah. It, it, it's more alarming now than it used to be. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I've got to think of something really fun, a really fun way to kill Elvis. <laughs> you did hear that sentence, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Oh, I, if if I'm ever suspected for a murder, my search, um, my Google search alone. <laughs> oh, that's the. There's that one woman who was yes, who yeah, was charged and claimed mm-hmm. that it was all research. So uh, watch oh, yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> got to cover your tracks better um (laughs) what you you say kind of the audiences range in age for every show do you is it a lot of you come once you kind of get hooked on this night out and this unique event or is it sort of new people coming in going like i heard about this i love the golden girls you know what's the kind of mixture of folks you have come through so i still feel like the majority of the audience is seeing us for the first time um, even though at least one show a weekend, we're going to have people there that say, we saw you here, we saw you there. They're following us around at least once a weekend. We're meeting people who are showing us pictures from our last show and recognizing the actors and what have you. But when we're bringing in, when we're seeing 500 to 1,000 people a weekend, and most of them have never seen us before, there's clearly always a new audience out there because people yeah. are It's amazing that so many nice. people, yeah. Yeah. It's got to be exhausting from your side of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Just, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause we're not, we're not doing one show a night. We're doing up to seven. So that what? means whoa, that. Whoa. Wait, yeah. wait a second. Seven <laughs> shows a night. Yeah. Um, so at Red Room, Atlantic City, we'll do two. We'll do two back to back with the same cast, but then at the same time, we'll have three to five on the road traveling. Um, so part of what I do when I go in on Monday is I do the cleanup from the weekend and I do all the numbers and I make sure everybody gets paid the way they need to get paid. And then I have to start prepping for the coming weekend. So on Tuesday, I'm checking to see the numbers. I'm checking in with the clients. I'm, you know, making sure the cast has everything they need. I'm pulling out the sound systems and checking the props and making sure the program's in there. Um, and then figuring out who's going to pick it all up from the office and getting that all out there. Um, and it, and I have to like compartmentalize everything. Wednesdays, that's marketing. And then I work on that. And, you know, Thursdays is like whatever random stuff didn't <laughs> get done. Um, and then I write in the evenings after my kids go to bed. And so, and right now it's rehearsals too. And we'll have to start auditions again soon. So um, it's constant motion. That's yeah. something. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really hoping that soon I can hire some help. That would be fantastic. <laughs> but right now, I'm, uh, it's all the stuff, including cleaning the bathrooms and vacuuming and yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, washing the costumes. The glamorous life of showbiz, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that costume room, and you walk in, and it's got this strange smell oh, of like know, you know, like your sweat, but then there's also just like old costume yes. and. <laughs> various and perfumes like, and hairsprays and yeah yeah <laughs> yep. it is and its own it's its own smell yep and you can't erase it there's no way no no and there's no amount of washing that nope. i can do that's going to take that out it's just nope it's just the way it is their funk. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, 
but it's a lot of fun because it's very creative and you know i mean i'm even doing the graphic design and all of that and it's it's fun to be able to do all the different things yeah. and not just be stuck doing one thing it's also mind scrambling but yeah that's awesome wow is there is oh sorry go ahead heidi no go ahead no you, I, nope, go, I've talked go. to Heidi. Oh, Heidi, I don't, damn I wasn't, it, go. No, I really wasn't going to say. <laughs> Is there a show or or kind of property where you're like just itching to get your hands on and do one, whether or not there's an audience for it? <sighs> Is there a Scarecrow and Mrs. King de- oh, dinner theater that you've just I got will like, move oh, please. To where you are. <laughs> so, um, for the, and the thing is like we, we as a company, we talk up all the time about doing something like Clue or, you know, like a traditional mm-hmm. stage show. Um, and I do, I do tend to guide us away from that because like, well, everybody's doing that. Like we could, but we, what we need to do is stay in our lane of that interactive. How do we take what we have and make it even more of that? I would love to create a really immersive experience um, in an old mansion, something like that, that even goes beyond what we've done in old mansions, because we have all sorts of things for that, but something where we really take over the space and do something very um, unique and spooky and um, and using more technology, giving people more things that they can look like, oh, I'd love to use AR um, and like having them scan their phone over a space and something pop up. So we have tons of ideas. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's what I would love to do is something where you walk in and you're just completely surrounded. And there, there are so many different ways to discover the space. Um, and I think kind of like, I went out to Meow Wolf in Las Vegas and their uh, Omega Mart was like the coolest thing I had ever seen. And I was, we were only there for like two or three hours. Um, it was late, we were tired and I could have spent 10 hours there. There was so much to look at, so much detail, all of these little clues scattered everywhere. And it was amazing. Um, I would love to create something, not on that level, way too big, but around there. And we're actually, we're booked for uh, in 2024, an 11 day murder mystery of, for a trip down the Nile. So we will be on a riverboat Wow. And sailing down the Nile, and it's just it. The mystery runs for eleven days, and so that's fantastic. Planted everywhere. They even said we could put clues in the pyramids that we visit, and yes. so that's getting closer to where I'd like to be. No, but, that's going to be incredible. That's yeah. going to be really fun. Yeah, that's that's a project that the writing is. Uh, yeah, way more intense than what I've done. It'll be worth it. It'll be super worth okay, it. Yeah, it will. And then well, I can stop. I can retire. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> But you won't. <laughs> no, no, because, you know, I still need to <laughs> Well, Tracy, thank you for being a friend. Yeah. Thank you, too. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Golden Girls Murder Mystery is being performed in downtown Philadelphia right now through the end of April. There are also dates on the book for Atlantic City. 
And for more information on all the different shows, there's a Friends one, there's a Sherlock Holmes one happening throughout Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland and Delaware. Check out the Without a Q website. They are at withoutaq.com. Why the Podcast is produced by the Professional Production Company. Please be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because we're shallow and need constant validation. For more information, you can check out our website, whythepodcast.com. And like everyone else, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was recorded and produced by Heidi Hedquist and myself from our world headquarters located on the second floor of the Professional Office Building, centrally located downtown. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sauvey and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. Whatever you need any time of the day or night I'm not ashamed to say I hope it always will stay this way Nigel, is that you? Are you here? Nigel?